Last week, I shared with you a challenge. Do you remember? Last week? Scenario! You enjoyed that one? Scenario! Scenario after scenario. And what was the challenge? Will you fail or will you pass? Will you pass or will you fail the test? And I ask you, which is worse? A test or a temptation? And what is the answer? Yes. Why is the answer yes? Because the word temptation, the word test is the same in Greek. Perasmos, temptation or test. Both senses can apply simultaneously. It depends on the context. The positive sense is a test. The neg negative sense is a temptation. Both, function, both are functions of context. And then I challenged you how the test becomes a transgression. It does not happen automatically. Why? There is a step. For the test to become a transgression, for the test to become a sin, there must be what? Temptation. It becomes a temptation when a test is presented before me and I internalize. And then I begin to think apart from what God would have me do. That's why we had what? Scenario. It is Sunday. It is time for you to bring your tithe to the Lord. But there is a bill, an unexpected bill that comes in the mail. What will you do? Scenario. You remember? You had fun? So all of us go through all kinds of tests. So how do I pass these tests? I must pray. Because God told us, pray so that you don't fall into temptation. We must flee because the test only becomes a temptation that leads to sin when I am enticed by my youthful lusts. And then I have to trust. Whom do I trust? I have to trust God. I have to trust His Word because He said when I am tempted, He is faithful to provide a way out. So I have to trust that God wants to help me. But when I do decide to sin, that it is purely 100% my accountability. Many times, we say, God tempted me. Not true. The other way is what? The devil made me do it. It is not consistent with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells me, tells all of us that God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but with the temptation, provide a way out. So when we fall into sin, guess what? It's my fault. I made the decision to disobey God. Alright? This morning, before I go to the message, I'd like to remind you, next Sunday, August 28, we are celebrating the movement of CCF. Not CCF LA, not CCF Manila, not CCF anywhere. We are celebrating the movement. 32 years since CCF was founded. The movement of disciple making. Right? For this morning, 
I want to start. I want to let you know that for 20 years, I worked in the financial sector. So I'd like to bring some of that background in to this morning's message. What are the types of joint banking accounts? Yeah. Now, some of you are already there. Pastor is going to talk about money. Nope. Nah. At least not in this fellowship. Types of joint bank accounts. You have an or. Two people. In the middle, or. Lynette or Lorenzo Nolan. Lynette can sign 100%. I can sign 100%. Alright? You have and or. Both of us can sign in the same check. My signature is valid. Her signature is valid as well. Get it? Last. And. And. If your joint banking account is an end account, one signature will not suffice. One signature alone is not valid because your account is end. If I have an account with my wife, Lynette and Lorenzo Nolan, if I sign by myself, it's not valid. Lynette has to sign it as well. So when the check is cut, both Lynette and I must sign. All right? I don't know why you would like to have an end. Maybe you don't trust each other. In the end or even, I don't know if it's here in the U.S., but in the Philippines, when you sign off on an endor account, there is a very, very fine print. It says, by signing this, you attest that the co-owner of your account is still alive. Because for all you know, I withdraw all the money out. Why? Because I have the authority. End or. But if it's an end, it won't be acceptable. What is that word end? End. It is a conjunctive. Where's that? Yes. This is a coordinating conjunction to indicate that the elements they join, they join are equal in importance and in structure. So a little grammar. End. To suggest that one idea is chronologically sequential to the other. To suggest that one idea is the result of another. To suggest that one idea is in contrast to another. To suggest an element of surprise. To suggest that one clause is dependent upon, the, upon another conditionally. To suggest a kind of comment on the first clause. And... And the title of this morning's message is Inseparable. <laughs> and when you say inseparable, you cannot separate them. They are conjoined. So when you have an end bank account, both of you must sign. You are, for all intents and purposes, as far as that bank account is concerned, you are inseparable. Okay? What is our 
Bible verse verses this morning. May I please ask everyone to stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. James chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. And we shall all read aloud from the projectors. Verse 14. What use it is, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons that all believe and shudder, but are willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And scripture was fulfilled which says, And Abraham believed God. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Let's pray. God Almighty, we just want to praise you and thank you that we have the freedom to worship you. We thank you that we can read your word, that we can study it, but most importantly, Lord, that we should apply it in our personal lives. We just want to honor you this morning. We just want to worship you, Lord, and we want to give you back the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. You may be seated. Here is the tension. Did you observe the tension in the verse that we read? One would say, I will prove my faith by my works. The other will say, I will prove my works. The other will say, but, but, but. You get it? And what is James trying to tell us? Just as the body without the spirit is dead, Now, how do you know that you are alive? I will not ask you to pinch your neighbor. The Bible tells us that a human being is composed of spirit, soul, and body. The moment your spirit and your soul departs, you are what? Dead. So are you alive or are you dead? Why? You can still feel. Your your spirit, your soul is still within you. Get it? But look at what James is telling us. Just as the what? The body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. They are what? Inseparable. And you cannot divorce one from the other. You cannot say, I have faith. 
What is the proof of your faith? What are you talking about? I already prayed to receive Jesus Christ. The Bible says anyone who, is called upon, who has called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What good works, what changes are you talking about? I'm done. The other one says, well, I'll just prove to you my faith by all of these works. I give to church. I attend Bible studies. I give to the poor. I do medical mission. All of the above. But there's no faith. That doesn't work either. Why? Because they should come together. Thank you. Speaker without water is paos. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. Now, geometry. Eh. I don't know if you will be able to identify these geometric figures. Triangle, rectangle, cube, diamond, parallelogram, square, ellipse, five-point star, pi, pentagon, circle, decagon, heptagon, nonagon, octagon, and hexagon. In a little while, I will be gone. These are recognized shapes. They are from geometry, right? And we have also been discussing, what are these shapes? Uh, what, do you, what would you call this shape? Awkward. Awkward, very good. <laughs> right? Something is wrong with this. It, it is not in all of this. Do you see that there? It's not there. Right? Oh, again, let, let, let's test our eyesight. Okay? There they are. Here's that picture. Is it there? Again. Some of you have not had your breakfast. <laughs> Is it there? It's not there. Look, it's not there. You know why? There is something wrong with that picture. Let me show you the real picture. It begins with God. It is accepted by faith. And then to complete it, what? You have obedience. For you to be able to experience God's triangle of blessing, it begins with God. It is accepted by faith, but it's manifest by your obedience. Unless you have begun to obey, my friends, I submit to you, you have not really believed. If you really would have believed, you would have done something about it. Now it is a triangle. Now it is something that I can make sense of. Faith without works is dead. They are inseparable. In Hebrews chapter 11, which our brother Mike began with today, that is the hall of faith chapter you will see there Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, etc., etc. All of them who did what God asked them to do by faith. And in verse 6 of chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, it says, And, you see that? And, all of them did these things. But, and to contrast, 
And without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to God, number one, must believe that He is. Number two, that He is a rewarder to those who earnestly seek Him. So the question, if we were to end here, number one, do I believe in God? Number two, do I believe that He is a rewarder? You see how important faith is? And you see how important it is to couple your faith with your works, your faith with your deeds. You cannot separate them. Abraham, same argument in Romans chapter 4. Paul writes, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, was found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about it but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 15, the Bible tells us, Abraham believed and God, God credited it to him. God imputed upon Abraham righteousness. He had not been circumcised yet. He had not offered Isaac as an offering yet. But there and then, in Genesis 15, Abraham believed in God, and God credited it to him as righteousness. It's an accounting term. Debit, credit. God credited Abraham with righteousness simply because he believed in God. Some of us are going to take this verse and apply it like a buffet. This verse I like. That verse I don't like. Alright? So here, someone might read and say, Oh, look! Now to one who works, his wage is not credited as favor, but what is due. But to one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, has his faith credited as righteousness. Yes! I don't have to work. I don't have to do anything. I already prayed. Therefore, I'm going to heaven. Nothing needs to change in my life. Why? That's what Romans says. Well, you're just taking one verse. Can we read this? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? If you really have faith in Christ, and you regard Jesus Christ not only as your Savior, but also your Lord, what is the testimony? What is the proof? What is the evidence that you really have faith in God? According to Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 6. What? Oh, yeah. It's like you don't like it, huh? What is it? When we like it, when we don't like it, you don't, it doesn't want to come out of your mouth. But it's crystal clear. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And 
You see that, that word again? And you do not do what I say. There, is it therefore incumbent based upon this word that if you say that you're a Christian, if you say that you are a disciple, that you are obeying Jesus Christ? Yes or no? Yes. Or at least this part is awake. Yes. You cannot divorce the two. They are what? Inseparable. If you say Jesus Christ is Lord, it means that you are obeying Him. That's why the rebuke of Jesus, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And Jesus Christ explains, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it. Why? Because it had been well built. My friends, if you just read the Bible and you don't apply it, you have been informed. But if you read your Bible and you apply it, you are beginning to be transformed. God wants us to be strong for those tests, for those trials that we would stand firm. And how is it done according to verse 47 onwards? You hear God's word, you obey it, you will become strong. On the contrary, but the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation and the torrent burns against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. You want to build your house on sand without foundation? I officiated a wedding in the beach. I was on a pallet. was low tide. However, the wedding started late by an hour. Guess what? The pallet <laughs> Why? Because the tide had crept in and was now eroding the sand. No foundation. You claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ but do not obey. You hear the word of God and do not apply it. When the trial comes, your house will collapse. Because hearing and obeying are also inseparable. Ephesians tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Salvation is about God's grace. God's grace is accepted by faith. But because of the great love, mercy, and graciousness of God, look, look at it very closely. It says, and that faith that you need, that faith also comes from God. Look, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, what is that? That faith. It's not even of yourselves. That too is what? A gift of God. Not by works so that no one 
should boast. You remember Romans 4 that I showed you? When you work, what happens to you? Those of you who are working, you get paid. At the end of 15 days after working, does your boss call you? Oh, here is your grace? No. Your boss calls you and gives you your what? Your salary. Why? You've earned it. And what is the salary? What do we earn for our sin? According to Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. But because of God's amazing grace, for by grace you have been saved, and this not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, so that no one should boast. Ha! Here we go again. Yes, I don't have to do anything. I'm already saved. It's all about God's grace. I prayed. I received Jesus Christ. End of story. But what about works? Well, pastor, you said, not by works, so that no one should boast. But what is the role of works? Verse 10. For we are His workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God beforehand, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So good works has a role to play. Good works is not a means of going to heaven. Good works is a byproduct, is the evidence, is the proof of your being in relationship. With Jesus Christ. You cannot use your good works as your ticket to go to heaven. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. It is not by your good works. As a matter of fact, God tells us that He wants us to walk strongly, to live victoriously for Him. That we would bear fruit. What is fruit? What is fruit? Isn't it a byproduct? How do you know what kind of fruit is on the tree? Or what tree is it? You are able to identify the tree because of its fruit. I bring you back to Manila. You're going to Cavite, driving to Tagaytay. What do you see left and right of the road? Huh? Fruit. What kind of fruit? Usually. Mango. Ano, Maya? Maya. Maya is not fruit. Coconut. Why do you know it's a coconut tree? Why? Because you see the fruit. Oh, mango. How do you know it's mango? You see the mango fruit. Yes? But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Why? For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things so you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. What is Paul telling us? If I want to please God and I want to feed my, my spirit, what should I do? Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
So when you are not walking in the spirit, you are walking in the flesh. Very simple, black and white. Why? Because the flesh is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit is contrary to the flesh. Now, here's this guy. He said, well, I attended that crusade. I prayed to receive Jesus Christ. I'm okay. I'm fine. That's what the Bible says. That's what, the, the, that's what I heard the preacher say. So I'm fine. Don't talk to me about how I treat my wife. Don't talk to me about how I parent my children. Don't talk to me about how I manage my money. This is my money anyway. What are you talking about? Well, let's see. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are these sins obvious? Is the fruit we're talking about also obvious? It is obvious to the naked eye. Here's a person who says he has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and when you look at his life, it is this, this menu. And look at it. This is not even all-inclusive. Paul writes, and things like this. Now, you might find yourself there. Right? Oh, I'm hopeless. Because I'm guilty of this. But look at what it says. I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you. That those who what? Those who? Those who practice. Those who keep on doing this. Even after praying that prayer. Will what? Look at the warning. Will? not inherit the kingdom of God. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, He paid for all of our sins. Our sins have been forgiven. But do you and I still sin? Yes. But do you wallow? Do you continue to practice? If you are, you might be guilty of this. I warn you as I have forewarned you that those who practice, those who continue will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what should I do? I have to ask myself. I have to examine myself. Lord, are you really Lord of my life? If you are really Lord of my life, then this is what the fruit should look like. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So when people see you, when people see me, those of us to who declare to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, are we in category A or category B? Fruit of the flesh or fruit of the spirit? You see, it's not religion. 
It's all about Jesus. Some people think that because of what they do, they will merit enough good points to go to heaven. Who is God's chosen people? Huh? According to the Bible. Who? Israel. God chose Israel. You shall be a nation. You shall be my people. Right? Look at the prayer of Paul. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, meaning the Israelites, is for what? It's for their salvation. Why? For I testify about them that they have a seal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Religion will not save us. Good works will not save us. Only Jesus Christ can save us. Only Jesus Christ saves. Now because Jesus Christ saves me, because the Holy Spirit lives within me, I begin to have that desire to follow God so that I will be able to bear the fruit of what? The Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Look. Whoops. Wrong. Wrong. There. The fruit of what? Of the Holy Spirit. So if you do not have the Holy Spirit, you cannot bear this kind of fruit. You have to have the Holy Spirit to be able to bear this kind of fruit. If you don't have it, you cannot produce it. You cannot will yourself to have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But if you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you have the capacity, you have the power to demonstrate, to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You cannot do this so that you will have the Holy Spirit. You need to have the Holy Spirit so that it will bear fruit in your life. Faith without works is what? Dead. You keep on saying you have faith, but it is not manifest in your life. You don't have a changed life to boast about. You, don't, you have nothing to show about your relationship with Christ. My friend, ask yourself if you really have placed your faith in Christ. Because God's promise is if the Holy Spirit is in you, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. What does it say? The Lord is near you in your mouth and in your heart, that is. The word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. So for a person to have the Holy Spirit indwelt to live in their heart, two things. Two inseparable things. 
First, confess. You must admit what? Confess and confess with your mouth verbally that Jesus is Lord, which means you're going to follow him because he said in Luke chapter 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I command? Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and you can separate it and what? Believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead and you will be saved. For with the heart the person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. You see that end again? They're inseparable. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. You cannot separate the two. Why will you want to confess somebody as Lord if you don't believe him in him anyway? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why is God telling us this? Because God loves us. Mark chapter 6, verse 33. The people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all cities. And he got there ahead of him. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. Jesus has compassion on us. Why? Because we are like sheep without a shepherd. We're not going anywhere. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. And Jesus Christ is not a taskmaster of a Lord. Many of us do not want to come to Jesus Christ as Lord because in our finite thinking, oh, he's going to give me a hard time. He's just like my boss at work. Where's your report? I needed it yesterday. I'll give you a bad rating if you don't. No, Jesus Christ isn't like that. He's a good shepherd. He's a good God. He's a gracious Lord. And look at what he commands us. One of, the, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is the great and foremost commandment. How can you, how can we say that God is a taskmaster of a Lord? Then, when His greatest command to us is to what? Love Him. Love Him with all our what? Our heart, our soul, and our mind. Just love me. I learned and I still continue to learn that my obedience to God should be motivated by my love for Him. I cannot love God more than He has loved me. I cannot go to the cross. But Jesus did. So I, I, love, I obey Him because I love Him. 
I obey Him not because I'm afraid of Him. I obey Him because I love Him. And He has manifest His love for me. He has manifest His love for all of us. And that's why Jesus Christ Himself said this. If you love me, what? You will obey my commands. <laughs> if you love God. And what is His command? It's always in front of us. When you walk through those doors. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Where does God want us to go? If need be, to the ends of the earth. To do what? To share about, about the love of God in Jesus Christ. To disciple people. To help them grow in their love relationship with God. Not only teaching them the Bible, but teaching them to obey the Bible. And the promise of God is, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to be right smack in the middle of that activity. Because that is what I've been wanting you to do since day one. Now, some of us don't necessarily have to go far. Sometimes it's just your neighbor, your co-worker, maybe even your boss. But then there are some people who are so far away that other people need to reach them. Romans chapter 10. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. If we won't speak, if we won't share the gospel, how will they hear? If they don't hear, how can they put their faith in Christ? Are you still with me? Yes. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Now, because of technology, we are able to reach all parts of the world today. So let me just show you a short video clip of what's going on in Japan. We've been attending church and Bible studies for 14 years. Pero parang naging routine na lang ng buhay namin. Even came to a point na we didn't care much if people were changing because my wife and I were not changing anyway. We felt our relationship with the Lord was neither hot or cold, and we were okay with it. Everything started when we were just looking for a church to go to whenever we're in Manila. Then we discovered CCF online and started watching the videos, and that was it. 
we invited Pastor Bong to speak in Tokyo to rally the Christians here. Hindi lang pala kami ang nanonood ng CCF videos. They came not just from Tokyo but all over Japan. That was November 2015. January 2016, we attended GDC as well as the Missions Conference in MMRC where we learned how to be authentic and intentional. When we came back, I started to disciple my wife and children. We then passed on the things that we have learned to our D groups. That's when we saw transformation in character and relationships. That's when we started to multiply. I remember we have this 63 year old woman who asked us how to disciple and her eyes are filled with tears. We have this 15 year old girl who is on fire in sharing the gospel to the Japanese. There was this guy who had a complicated and troubled past, a collapsing marriage, drugs, girls, money and power, you name it, he's done it. Now, he and his wife are serving alongside with us and has helped us renovate the church that we have just moved into. Even the church itself is a miracle. It was formerly a bar, now a place of worship. Everyone helped to transform this place into our home after three months of renting. This May, we just had our true life retreat and the baptism was done in our own bathtub. We really didn't even know how we ended up doing CCF Japan and up until now still amazes us. All of this happened in less than a year. So now we have CCF Tokyo, Yokohama, Takamatsu, and Nagano. We have 42 D groups all over Japan. There are more stories to be told but all have one thing in common. We can only see how good, how faithful, how great God is when we let Him take a hold of our lives. You'll be surprised when you let God work and witness that indeed He is a God without limits. Amen? Uh, this morning, we have a guest from Japan. Import. He will share with us what God has been allowing him to do. So I'll call up Brother Ken Taylor to come up and share what God is doing in his life. Good morning. Ohayo gozaimasu. Magandang gumaga po sa inyong lahat. I'm a Hilaw na Pilipino. Born and raised in the Philippines. In fact, uh, I'm just by God's grace so excited when CCF, 32 years ago, less than 100 people, God used CCF to bring Jesus into my wife and my life. And it's just amazing as we think about making disciples that Bola, my wife, and I used to be professional entertainers before we met the Lord Jesus Christ through CCF. And that today, 32 years later, we are in Japan making disciples of Japanese by His grace and by faith. Amen. This is uh, us today. And as you will see, on the, the furthest right is my son, Luke, and uh, uh, he is in Biola finishing up this year. My wife, Bola, and then Victoria is just uh, 
entered Biola this weekend, my youngest. And then on my furthest left is Annika. She is now 24 and uh, is in Hawaii as a physical trainer. But you know what? We never wanted to be missionaries. This was us 19 years ago, as Pastor was sharing. Uh, Bola and I came to Japan uh, after we got saved, and uh, we had the American dream. We wanted our house, we wanted our cars, we wanted our kids. But we were involved in church, just like you are today. And by faith, really it's about abiding and uh, obedience in God, he had a different call in our lives. And he said to us, Cannonbola, I want you to go to Japan. You know, I'm here to proclaim and to testify that God is good when? All the time. And as you will see, it's truly a testimony of who God is as what you're going to see today. Um, you see this word today, recycling. Everything's about recycling, right? The green earth. Uh, but, you know, this is a biblical concept. When you think about garbage that is to be thrown away, to be burnt, and uh, to be disposed of, yet when you recycle it, it's actually repurposed. It's used again. It's molded. It's, it's, it's put together. And you think of our lives, right? When, when you are, we as sinners who are supposed to go into eternal hell, and we put our lives into Jesus Christ and follow him by faith, you will see that he will recycle it for his kingdom purpose. And I want you to be excited because if you allow God to use you to be recycled for his kingdom glory, not only will you see him work in amazing ways and be surprised, what you're going to see today is God's work as you allow him to be used in your life. You know, it's not, a, it's not about your ability. It's about your availability. Are you available to God to be used today? Not when you think you're ready, but right now, if you allow him by faith to be used by God. You see, this is what we like to be called, musicianaries. We've been in Japan 19 years, but yes, we are missionaries, but I was thinking, God, how could you use ex-nightclub entertainers for your kingdom? Well, we are musicians who are believers in Christ who want to serve him in the country of Japan. So if we are musicianaries, guess what you can be? If you are a student, you can be a student shinary, right? You want to be available for God? If you're a businessman, guess what you are? A businessman? Right. A housewife? <laughs> Retire? Shinary. There's no excuse. As Pastor was saying, it's either or. You have no choice but to be a shinary for God. In our case, in Japan, that we would be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Japanese through creative arts and music. And you say, well, what can musicianaries do? 
Well, God will use your gifts, your talents, your strengths, your weaknesses if you make yourself available. We had no idea when we went to Japan 19 years ago how exactly that would look like. But this is what it looks like. Here's a short clip, and uh, I hope you'll enjoy what musicianaries will do. be to God. Who would have ever thought that God could use, did you see that? Japanese, Japanese singing black gospel music, non-Christian Japanese. You see a picture like this and you say, how many, you say black gospel music, how many black people are there? One, the soloist. Well, how did that happen? You know, God is so good all the time that he would even use anything he wants. Who watched the movie uh, Sister Act? Right? Over 20 years ago in Japan, which is a uh, nation that is very faddish, the latest thing, the newest thing, they, the Japanese will want to learn, will want to try. Now, Japan is one of the most unreached people groups in the world. Less than 1% are evangelical Christians. That's 99.5 are not Christians. And so when they came to watch Whoopi Goldberg sing Oh Happy Day in the movie, they wanted to say, wow, kakui. Kakui means cool 
in Japanese. And anything they say, kakui, means I want to try it. I want to do it. And so they started opening up gospel choirs all over Japan. And in these gospel choirs, guess who joined? We had our first gospel choir. 30 people joined with 100 in the waiting list. Well, 30 people joined. You know how many non-Christian? 30. And here we are just telling them, not just about the song. This is what we're telling them about. We're pointing them to the maker of the music. We're telling them who Jesus is. So here are non-Christians coming to a workshop to learn and sing about Jesus. Who would ever think about that? Only God could make that happen. Amen? And so we're able to train and, and tell them, even make disciples already of Japanese non-Christians as they learn about Jesus. Isn't that just so God and how good he is? We call ourselves the Hallelujah Gospel Family. We are all over Japan now after 16 years with uh, about 60 churches we're working with. Over 1,500 members, over 75 choirs, and God is moving. There is a movement of Japanese who are coming to know Christ. We have three core values. The first is community. We learned in Japan the best way to bring the Japanese is through a community. Start one. Not one-on-one. -on -one. They're not like Americans who are rugged individualistic. We bring them in a community, and then we make them have relationships. And then we have a celebration. And in the celebration, we come together like a family of God, and we'll have a big concert just like this. We'll even bring in the wadaiko. You know what wadaiko is? We'll bring in hip-hop dancers, all Japanese communities who join us, and we can share the gospel who are all non-Christian. And this is what our big concerts, about 400 of them will show up on stage, and this is what it looks like. Make sure before you leave, I've got magazines and a prayer card. Make sure you get some of that as you walk out. I just want to also share with you this uh, unbelievable picture. You get already the image. On the right side, that's the choir of about 400. 80% of them are non-Christian. And then you see now here on the left side are the audience, right? Now, in Japan, if you think about this, if 80% of the choir... Okay, and we have a packed audience. We don't even advertise our concerts because we don't even sell tickets because we know people will come. You know why? Guess who they invite? Their friends and their family. So everyone who's watching is their friend and their family. And if 80% of those in the choir are non-Christian, guess what percentage of non-Christian are on the audience? 
Same or more. And so in Japan, here's a picture of 80% non-Christians on stage and off stage, and we're doing a full evangelistic concert. But that's not really the story. God is so good and amazing that in Japan, he is using non-Christian Japanese choir members to witness directly to their Japanese friends and relatives in the audience. Do you see that? Do you believe God is good? Amen. All the time. That's why in Japan when we say, who here wants to believe in Jesus Christ, you know, the audience may have heard the gospel for the first time, but the the gospel choir members who have been coming month after month after month, who we've been discipling already, will become a believer. And so in Japan, when we say, who here wants to believe, you know where they come from? The choir. And we say we're preaching to the choir, literally, in Japan. You know, again, I just wanted to share with you, God is good all the time. Who would have ever thought that God would use Filipino ex-nightclub entertainers, bring them to America, then send them to Japan to teach black gospel music to Japanese non-Christians? Amen. Praise be to God. You know what? I hope and pray that this is an encouragement to you. Pastor just shared with you that with your faith will come works. And these are the works of God, and he will work in and through you. Normally, right after this uh, short testimony, my wife, my beloved wife, Bola, would come up and share a song and testify as well. Well, my wife last year was diagnosed with advanced ovarian cancer, and uh, she had uh, about four or five months of chemo and then seven-hour surgery and a good prognosis after that. And about a year ago this time, after her surgery, uh, she was um, prog- uh, diagnosed inoperable, incurable. And uh, soon after that, it was going to be her birthday on, on September 21, just about a month from now. And uh, my wife, who now is in heaven bef- before Jesus, um, during this whole journey, chose to live by faith instead of fear, chose to have the peace of God instead of panic, chose to worship and have the joy instead of worry. In fact, this was an article that was written right before her last concert. It says, it was in Huffington Post, Bola Taylor's last concert, singer teaches her fans how to live and how to die. On October 19, um, my beloved wife went to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And she chose to stay in Japan. Most of us will come right back, but she said she wanted this to matter for God. Her faith made her works and her testimony even deeper to the Japanese. Her remains also are in Japan. In fact, after her, Bola asked me before she went, says, Ken, she says, I want the simplest funeral. I want the cheapest casket, but I want the biggest graduation party. 
so that others will know who Jesus Christ is. And sure enough, we had one in Japan. We had three here, and we had just last month in CCF in Manila. And I had no idea how many would show up in Japan. And we had no, uh, in Japan, the church would, size would be about 20 to 25, so we had to get a hall. And if you can see here, over 700 Japanese showed up, most of them the non-Christians. And there, we were able to share again how good God is. And I'm going to share with you just one last video. Hopefully, you will really see and take heart of what the message of pastor was today. By faith and the works to the glory of God, just like Bola will challenge us today. In her last concert, her last song, and her last message, this, I hope, will challenge you to live by faith and do the works that God has given you today. The last seven months of my life has been a tremendous adventure. <laughs> but God never left my side. And I had the pleasure of looking at Tokyo Tower. Every night I was reminded that God was my strong tower and that he would never leave me. And at midnight, Tokyo Tower shuts down, did you? But God never leaves. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches me during those difficult days, and I'm so thankful. The Jesus who held my hand and held me close the days I could not breathe. I pray, just let me have my next breath, God. He's the same God who's going to be with you. If you're given the stage for the last time, what would you tell people? I want to tell you the most important thing that's in my heart. I just want to make sure that before we all leave this room, that you search in your heart and really give it a good thought. Through these many years, we have told you that God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for you. He longs to give you abundance in this life here. And the guarantee of life with him in heaven. My mother's heart longs to be with my kids. But it seems like God had a different plan for me this last year. And knowing everything that He's done for me. He gave me grace to accept my future. With a heart full of thanks. This next song is called I'm Amazed. To this day, I am amazed that God would choose me 30 years ago. I'm amazed that God would choose me 30 years ago. 
私の体を完全にしてくださいます。comes our turn. When it's our name that is called, will we be able to face God and face eternity with a kind of gratitude, thanksgiving, and focus? Not on ourselves, but on the people that we will leave behind. I think that's a better and more significant challenge. That at the end of our lives, we would still be thinking about our friends and family who may not yet have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I have friends, I have family, who yet do not know the Lord. 
And this challenge may not be applicable to all of us. You may not need to go to Japan. Sometimes you just might need to walk across the hall, walk across the street, maybe in the mall. Not everyone is like Ken and Bola. Can we show this passage, please? But unless, look at what it says. They won't be able to believe until they hear. I see people here who are able to talk. So can God use you? Yes. All you need to do is talk about Jesus Christ. Don't talk about religion. Talk about Jesus Christ. God used Ken and Bola, former nightclub singers, to use their gift of music to minister to a people who just love black gospel music. You see, you see them doing this? And we do that in CCF Manila too. So my challenge to all of us is here. If you don't know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, look at this verse. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. And believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. And what is the promise? You will be saved. If you haven't done that, I cannot overemphasize the need for you and I to make sure right here, right now. Pastor, how do I do that? It's right there. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. As we close, I'd like to give everyone the opportunity to just do that. To confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Let's all bow our heads. And I lead you in a prayer. And there is no magic to the prayer. It's just a prayer of faith. It's an expression that you want to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. And as we are encouraged by Scripture, I also encourage you to verbalize your confession and place your faith in your heart of hearts upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to do that right now by faith, then just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I acknowledge that only you died to pay for all of my sins. I want to turn away from my sinful life, Lord Jesus. And by faith, I open the door of my heart. I believe upon you. I believe that what you did on the cross is sufficient to purchase my salvation for all eternity. And I invite you to come into my life, not only as my Savior, but I ask you to be the Lord and Master of my life. 
so that my faith will be manifest in my obedience, then I can really say that my faith is genuine. Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit now living in me, I ask you to change me from the inside out and make me the kind of follower of the Lord Jesus Christ that you want me to be. This is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friend, if you just prayed that by the word of the Bible, you have just come into fellowship, into relationship, into unity with Jesus Christ. But as you see, sometimes our calling is different. Sometimes we are called ahead of the others. Sometimes we are not. So I'd like to close our time today. We're not going to break out into our discussion group, but I want us to pray. Just wherever you are, just pray for these. Pray for the salvation of your friends, acquaintances, and family members and neighbors. Ask God to help you disciple your family. And pray about being an active member of a discipleship group or even starting your own discipleship group. Let's pray. Let's spend the next maybe 10 minutes just lifting this up to the Lord. And then I'll come back and close our service in prayer. Is that okay with all of us? Okay. Let's begin to pray. Come on, wherever you are. Just bring your petitions to the Lord. Ask God, God, who do I know that needs to be saved? Family member? Your spouse? Your children? Maybe it's a co-worker.
loving and gracious God, merciful God, holy God, almighty God, we beseech you, O God, on behalf of those of our loved ones, our friends, our family, who yet do not have a personal relationship with you, will you use us, Lord God? Or use somebody else, Lord, just get the word out to them before it is too late. Thank you, Lord God, for encouraging us through your word and through the testimony of Ken and Bola. We pray for Ken, Lord God, in your wisdom, in your sovereignty, you have taken our sister Bola ahead, but she is in a much better place, Lord God. And she is worshiping firsthand. God, we just lift up our brother Ken to you. Continue to sustain him, Lord God. All of his needs, his family, his son and his two daughters, Lord God. Just draw them closer to you and continue to use him, Lord, in the country of Japan. To bring the gospel of Jesus Christ through music. We want to lift up to you those amongst us who are sick, knowing that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Will you touch the bodies of those who need physical healing, Lord God, and even those who need emotional healing or spiritual healing. God, you are more than enough, Lord Jesus. So do your work in us, Lord God, and as we are challenged this morning, let our faith be manifest in our works. And the most important work of all, Lord God, is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Be pleased of our worship of you, Lord God. Our worship through song, our worship through the preaching of your word, and even, Lord, our worship through our giving. Be pleased to dismiss us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Our brother Ken has some materials outside. Therefore, you're taking their flyers. You, you might want to take one and, and pray for what he's doing in Japan. You may know some people who are living or working in Japan. And you might want to send them an email, a Facebook message or something. Just let them know that our brother Ken is over there. And that CCF, the movement of disciple making, is also in Japan. We are dismissed. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone. God bless.